Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Thursday, September 17th, 2020, and yesterday was the day. It was. Finally, the return to Big Ten football. I appreciate if you listened to yesterday's episode because literally as I was posting it, the news came out, and so it was obsolete. Almost immediately. It was an odd feeling. I actually thought about re-recording the podcast. But I decided to let it sit. uh, And bring you a little bit more in-depth information. About what is going on in the Big Ten. Because we all know college football has started. And we all know that the Big Ten sitting there this past weekend. Watching and wondering what they could do to actually get on the field again. And the subcommittee met this weekend. They made their votes, and they finally realized, they said, you know what, Kevin Warren, I know you said that we were not going to revisit this, that the decision was final, but we need to. And pretty much what everybody who met with the media yesterday, which included uh, the likes of, um, an Ohio State doctor who I'm forgetting, uh, Barry Alvarez, Sandy Barber, uh, Jim Phillips from Northwestern, uh, including the commissioner, Kevin Warren. Uh, you know, the, the, the amount of people that were on the Zoom call was a little bit much for me. I thought that a Kevin Warren-only press conference probably was the right way to go, but Now, after watching it, it got the heat off of Warren because Rick Pizzo didn't just sit there and grill Kevin Warren like he did in his initial go around for 25 minutes. He went around the room. He asked everyone questions. How did you come to this uh, new realization that you could get a Big Ten season to go? And so the Big Ten is back. And that's news that everyone wanted to hear. Everyone. Because it was difficult. It's been difficult. We watched the ACC compete last week and the Big 12. You're looking at the SEC getting ready to go for things in a week. And the Big 10 is back. All right, so let's get into the specifics and the details of what this Big 10 season is going to look like. Obviously. The schedule that they announced initially, and then a week later, or less than a week later, Kevin Warren went back and, you know, he he put all the warning signs out there that if we play, if we play, if we play, well, they're going to end up playing that schedule. They're going to play a different schedule. Now, Barry Alvarez, who is heading the committee of the schedule, former Wisconsin head coach, current Wisconsin athletic director, Barry Alvarez knows a thing or two about what is going on. And he said that he proposed about four separate schedules to the committee. They accepted one of them. And this is what it is. It is an eight-game schedule. And you might think, oh, eight games? Well, they're going to play championship weekend. You heard me right. A championship weekend. And I love this idea. I think this going forward 
should be the way. I love it. Absolutely love it. Seven on the East, seven on the West. You know what they're going to do at the end of the season? They're going to play one versus one, two versus two, three versus three, etc. So everyone's going to get that ninth game. I love it. This was my favorite part of the rollout yesterday. This is something that just, you just don't see. And I know it's going to be a weird season. It's going to be a weird one-off season. And then part of this was to get extra data points for the College Football Playoff Committee, who they were asked about that yesterday as well during the press conference. And if you didn't know, you know now, Gary Barta, the athletic director at Iowa, he is the head of the College Football Playoff Committee right now. So it was very easy for them to have a conversation and make sure that this kind of schedule gives the opportunity for a Big Ten team to still compete for a national championship this year. It was easy to get into his ear, wasn't it? Yeah. Easy to get into Gary Barta's here as he was in the conversations to get the conference back. So with that in mind, the Big Ten should still be eligible for the college football playoff. Uh, they're going to finish the season uh, right around the, the 17th of December. The beginning of the season will be on October 23rd, 24th, that weekend. They'll have nine weeks to play eight games. Now, here's some interesting other aspects of this whole rollout. So, they're going to do daily tests prior to practices and games. I love that. I think that was, that was the biggest game changer for this whole thing. Because when you listen to the press conference, they reiterate this multiple times. That the information that they had five weeks ago when they initially made this decision is completely different. The medical information, that is. The, the medical information now is completely different from what they had five weeks ago. And I can't disagree with that. This coronavirus, nobody knows what the hell is going on with this virus. Doctors are learning about this virus every single day. So that is true, 100%. And so Pizzo actually ended up asking, which you have to give him some credit. He asked some hard questions. He didn't just lob up some questions up there so that the panel could hit a home run. He asked some tough questions. And I love the question about well, why didn't you just suspend the season at that point in time as opposed to canceling it. And the answer came back that the information that they got from their medical professionals pointed to them not being able to control the virus and handle the season. So therefore, that's why they made the decision. Well, I wish that they would have said that in the first place. Larry Scott said that, and nobody complained. The Pac-12 is inching closer and closer to getting their season going. A uh, reason why they haven't had a rollout is because of the 
forest fires that are happening on in California that are rampaging through the country. It's crazy. Here in Chicago, we got a little bit of aftermath from their fires. Nuts. We're halfway across the country here in the Midwest. Shouldn't be having to deal with California fires or getting some of it, which is nuts. But anyways, Pac-12 is closed because of the rapid testing. They decided to deal with a company that's doing rapid testing. The Big Ten really, yesterday, did not say what their deal was and who they signed a deal with. What we do know is that rapid testing is available for them. And rapid testing will be used for all of the athletes. Kevin Warren mentioned that. He didn't want to have the other athletes in fall sports be missed out. He 100% mentioned it wasn't just for the football team. This was for all fall athletes. And I think that that is 100% a great move by Kevin Warren. I love it. I think that it is smart. All right. So back to a little bit more of the minutiae of the announcement that the Big Ten is going to return to play. So there's some confusing things going on here, and I'm not going to pretend like I completely understand this whole aspect of it, but I'm going to try to explain it to you the best of my ability that I understand. So they need to keep the positivity rates to under 5%. That's pretty easy to understand. However, there is the, a, a community rate that they're talking about that needs to be under 7.5%. I'm not 100% sure how they're supposed to do that because they're coming out with a color system, a, a green, a yellow, a red. Obviously, red is bad, but there's they were very vague on what this color system is going to entail. What? You know, green, you have to assume that a green is, you know, under that 5% positivity rate and having that community rate under 7.5%. Right? That's got to be it, right? I'm not sure what the yellow criteria is. Uh, We all know what the red criteria is. It's over that 5%. um, And you're looking at over that 7.5% for the community. But that that was a little odd, a little little weird. I think that, you know, color-coded system is a little, I wouldn't say dumb, but a little childish. I think that just having a positivity range of rates and a, a cap is enough. I don't think you need a color system. But what I do think is important to know is that this is, the onus is on the players. I think that was the interesting part of, the whole positivity percentage part because they're putting the ball of keeping COVID off of your team into the players' hands. And here's another kicker. You test positive for the COVID-19, 21-day quarantine. That's a three-game window. It's like a three-game suspension. That is huge. Remember, most Schools right now, if a student tests positive, and and I'm talking about a student that is not an athlete, you're in a 14-day quarantine. So they've added an extra week. It's like sitting in the penalty box for another week. Three weeks. Three weeks you'll miss a season, of the season that you'll miss. Think about how much of the season that is. 
That is a third of the season. A third of the season if you test positive for the coronavirus. The onus is on the players to do this right. I don't like the penalty. I'm not going to lie. I think 21 days is a little excessive. I think 14 days would have done the job. But if they really want to make sure that these players aren't going out and doing dumb things and going out to parties and sharing drinks and just not taking care of themselves, then I'm okay with it. A little bit excessive, but you know what? If the Big Ten needs to add a little punishment in there for making a bad decision, then I'm all for it because we get to see football this fall once again. The um, MRI screening for myochondriitis, uh, that was something that was very concerning for Kevin Warren when he initially made the announcement of postponing ball sports in the Big Ten. There will be easier MRI screenings for that. An easier way to do it. Making it a little bit more comfortable and the information about myochondritis available. Again, time helped in this situation. They were able to really go through and figure out some things. So while we wait on that schedule from Barry Alvarez, the Big Ten said that would they would release it later this week. My assumption is it's a Friday release. They're going to be able to have five weeks, pretty much, of training camp. And I love it. And speaking of that, let's go over some things inside the Big Ten that happened reactionary from this. So I'm going to start off with the team that, man, that just, they had, they've had some bad, bad, uh, bad luck here. So... Michigan, on the heels of the announcement, prior to the announcement being made, or right around the announcement being made, Nico Collins, one of their star wide receivers, probably their best wide receiver, opted out, will not play. Joins Ambry Thomas and Jalen Mayfield as Wolverines, who are viewed as very highly by the NFL brass, uh, Thomas, probably the lowest of the three. Uh, Mayfield's name has popped up in mock drafts as a first rounder. So has Nico Collins. I expect both of those young men, although Mayfield doesn't have a, a, you know, a ton of on-field experience. He was a first-year starter last year. The ceiling for Jalen Mayfield is very, very high. And I think you know, NFL teams, they go after those high-ceiling type of guys. So, not only Nico Collins opted out, well, Dylan McCaffrey, the son of the former wide receiver and brother of the NFL star running back for the Carolina Panthers, has opted to transfer, take a red shirt, and move on from the Michigan program. So, it looks like Joe Milton has a very easy path to become the starter this year. And this is odd timing. The season's starting, and you're seeing a transfer. 
That sucks for Michigan. That's some tough news right there on the eve of finding out or the day of finding out that you're returning to play. You're losing two players that were probably going to have a huge impact for your season this year. And the total loss for Michigan are four players that really are impact players for the Wolverines. It's a rough go for Jim Harbaugh. We're on the other side of this rivalry. Ohio State saw Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade both opt to not play the season. Well, guess what? Wyatt Davis went to social media, said that he is going to do everything in his power to return. He made his announcement on Friday. Sean Wade made his announcement two days ago. Sean Wade's birthday was yesterday. Sean Wade wanted to enjoy his birthday when asked whether or not he was going to come back. Well, Ryan Day says that he believes that both players will be coming back. So Ohio State lost two potential first-rounders. Looks like they're going to be getting them back. The Fighting Illini are losing someone as well, but it's not to the NFL draft. It's to a shoulder surgery. It's because offensive lineman Blake Girasani decided that he was going to have surgery early on in this month. He scheduled it because of the announcement that the Big Ten wasn't going to play. So he was getting ready for some spring football. Well, Girasani unfortunately, has gone under the knife, and due to the timing of things, he's going to miss the season now. It sucks for him. I feel for him. The Wofford transfer uh, would have probably played a good amount for Lovey Smith this year. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen, so he's going to take a red shirt and be back in the field to play for the Fighting Illini next year. Another guy who reversed course uh, that we found out yesterday was Michigan State linebacker Marcel Lowens. Lowens is going to come back and he's going to play. Uh, I'd be interested to see if Jacob Panasuic makes the similar decision. Uh, Panasuic, he didn't declare for the NFL draft like a lot of the other stars did. He said that he wasn't going to play the season. He was going to redshirt and come back for his final year at Michigan State. So that's a little bit different situation, but still similar. So he's got a decision to make. Uh, funny, uh, interesting, funny news. Uh, when James Franklin was meeting with the media, Pat Freermuth came on and said that he's opting back in. And I kept, I kept looking at that. I was like, wait. I was like, uh, uh, he opted out? When did this happen? I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. Well, he cleared it up. He was leaning towards potentially opting out, but he 100% will be playing now. Uh, never made an official announcement to anybody about opting out. So I was like, oh, man, I thought I missed that. How, how could I miss one of the best players in the Big Ten opting out? Well, I didn't miss it. But uh, he just kind of was playing with us just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, some good news out of Nebraska as well as the seven players who had scheduled the lawsuit against the Big Ten. Now that they are returning to play, they have dropped that lawsuit. And then one quick note on the recruiting trail. You kind of thought that with all that noise, you wouldn't want to sneak in a recruit. Well, 22 wide receiver Addison Copeland had a different idea. The New York native decided to commit to Rutgers yesterday at 6'2", 180 pounds early on in his 
recruitment he had offers from Indiana, Syracuse, along with the one from Rutgers and a bunch of non-Power 5 schools. A uh, solid body. I like the 6'2", 180 pounds. Haven't seen highlights. I'm not sure how Copeland is, but uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, a New York football, high school football, it's not the greatest football around. All right, one quick note on the basketball side of things because it was Christmas for football fans in the Big Ten. They decided to give you an extra present for basketball yesterday because the NCAA, the rumors came out about when the NCAA would get things started, and it looks like the date has been set at November 25th, which is about a month later than it normally is. Usually, usually college basketball gets started right around the end of October. Halloween is like one of those days where it's like, yeah, college basketball is back. We get to go trick-or-treating and get candy, blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, it's going to be pushed back about a month this year. So uh, we're going to have to wait an extra month for college basketball. But you know what the kicker is on this one? I'm going to get college football in that in that time frame because normally college football is uh, is ending a little earlier than that, well, we're going to get a little extra college football because normally you're looking at, uh, let's see, a Thanksgiving, Ohio State Big Ten matchup, I'm sorry, Michigan matchup, uh, and then the week after you've got the uh, championship game in a normal season. Now this year they're they're pushing everything back, so uh, we're, we're going to get football, you know, that overlap of football and basketball once again, so. What a big day in the Big Ten yesterday. It was a fun day, fun day to, to get a chance to take a look and, and see what's going on. As soon as the schedule drops, I will update you on what the deal is. Uh, it looks like from what I read yesterday, six um, your six divisional games plus two across the di- division, and that's what the holdup is. The holdup is they're trying to figure out which two cross-division schools that each team will play. They're trying to make it fair. I mean, you have to assume that you know, they're going to try and keep as many uh, rivalries as possible. Uh, but who knows? They want to make it fair. You know, you don't want some of the front runners to get the cupcake teams from the other side. Uh, you definitely don't. So uh, we'll see what ends up on that side. But, uh, you know, Big Ten football is back, baby. It is back. All right. That'll do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chet. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Happy Big Ten return day, folks. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.